You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the mind of the meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the mind of the meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> We've well, got a. Unless you're exclusive on Patreon, you have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Right exactly. Now. Uh, I am the proud owner of a Blue Mini Wrestle Buddy that I'm holding for uh, exclusively for our folks on Patreon.com/slash Mind of the Mini. I also have one of Josh too. Yes, I have one uh, of Mini. But he's in he, myself. He's in the corner. Yeah, Josh is is in the corner drinking a seltzer. <laughs> In the corner with a dunce cap on. <laughs> I know what I did. Um, um, man, you're, my figure on your feed looks less jaundiced than mine. Uh, mine looks. Yeah, I think it's more of a color, just a color thing on our, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Our feed here. So mine needs, my, my, my wrestle buddy needs vitamins. Yeah, here, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll blue you. Uh-huh. If, oh, it's not. Here, back it up a little bit. You're a fine motherfucker, man. Oh. Back that ass up. Well, anyway, I mean, here's what it looks like <laughs> on different different feeds. And everybody listening to this yeah. is like, yeah, we don't care because we can't see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So go to patreon.com slash mind of the meanie, and then you can see it. Um, What's cool about this is, like, my pockets are hanging out. Gave me a little, little treasure trail. Um, yeah. No, this thing's awesome. They got my tattoo, which is like super cool. They did an amazing uh, dude, job. These are sturdy too. If you order these, uh, they come with fantastic artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, a brother, hats off to brother scatter. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, we were talking. You can either hang it like long ways, landscape, or portrait. Yeah. You know? So Meanie's gonna do his with uh, him up and down, and I'll do mine with mine up and down. That's yeah, man. Cool. It's really, and then there's a little sticker in here too, that looks yeah, like uh, I'm a big... like Krang, and uh, and his robot from Ninja Turtles, but it's it's me in Meanie's belly. Um, Get in my belly. Yeah, uh, it's all it's 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 honestly so cool. Um, I was so excited when I got the package today, um, dude. Yeah, it was in my it was in the door today. Yeah. And, uh, this is Meanie sent me a text saying, hey, you got a box. I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, open it. And she's like, ah, oh. it was Mr. Fucking Wrestle Buddies. That's all. 
Yeah. Dude, uh, it, it, it's cr- Christmas in July. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, again, we will be there uh, for a live signing in person and virtual uh, at the Brothers Gatter Studios uh, and store on August 7th. So go to brothersgatter.com to check that out. That's G A D D O R, I believe. Yes. Yes. I'm saying. Let's check the label on the thing. Yes. G A D D O R. So definitely go check that out. We're so excited about that. Uh, and go to their events section, and you'll be able to get your, uh, you'll be able to pre order your, your, uh, buddy. Um, and the cool thing is, this is a first of a kind. I mean, the Blue Meanie, you know, and Josh Renoff, we've I've never had one of these, yeah. you know. And I am I'm so fortunate that like, you know this this is a little bit of validation I'm holding in my hand here, uh, you know because when you go through your career, you you do a bunch of stuff, and uh, you think of all the times you felt like you were passed over for stuff like okay i went to wwe and while i was in wwe ecw made their figures mm-hmm. so i went back to ecw and then wwe made their line of figures and i got left out yeah. but i did get in the video game which is cool but here i am in 2021 we got the mind of the mini two-pack uh we're both in retromania wrestling you're the ring announcer i'm the wrestler i'm one of the, uh, the one of the great wrestlers on there and then uh, now, thanks to Brothers Gatter, uh, I have my first ever in the history of uh, Blue Meanie, uh, the my, my wrestle buddy. And this, this is pretty sturdy, man. It uh, really this is. Really is. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so so flattered that uh, Brothers Gat. Like I I say this with the Meanie figures, and I'll say it now, and I'll say it with our Patreon. There's it, this is an investment. You know, mm-hmm. people made an investment in us. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like we didn't put money out for these. This was somebody choosing to put money, put their money out to create these to sell of our likeness, and uh, it is so incredibly flattering. Um, yeah, we we've done something to earn the trust of the folks at Brothers Gatter and Cello Toys, yeah, and uh, Retro Retrosoft Studios to say, hey, uh, these guys, I. Th- we think they can move a couple units for us. So yeah. that, that means a lot. And, you know, I think back through my career and, you know, you get your share of haters, you know, Oh, blue me, you're a jobber. Oh, blue me. Who'd you ever be? Oh, blue me. Uh, you got beat up by JBL. But here I am, you know, 2021 doing this stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah. And, so and, awesome. and, and we, and we got our pod squad. Uh, we got our Patreon folks. We got the p- people who listen for free every Monday who we love. We got our Patreon folks who watch us do this live who we love. And that's the you all know, of these people, Meanie, who are who support us, all of our pod squad, uh, Patreon or not. Um, they're the they're the reason why these companies you say, you know, they, they look at it and they say we think we could move some, you know, some merchandise here. Um it's because they're seeing the support that we're getting from everybody else. Um yeah. and yeah. And honestly, when you look at the uh, the action figures, you know these are all in pre order still. But you look at the action figures. Uh, we talked about this last week, and I think even the week before. Cella Toys in the UK, their lot that they had of our figures completely sold out. They actually even uh, no, I'm yes, they opened up some more, and those sold out. JB Toys and Collectibles, they were completely sold out. Ended up having a couple of uh, damaged packaging ones 
that they said, you know what? Hey, we have a few. And then by the time I saw the notification on my Instagram that I was tagged in it, promoting that they had a few, it had been updated to say it was sold out. And then, <laughs> and then we have ours, which we've kind of hoarded some of them because we want to be able to, you know, uh, sell, but we are, uh, over two thirds of, of what we have sold out. And of that remaining third, truth be told, we're kind of keeping some of those for ourselves, you know, uh, for, you know, giving to family and friends and whatnot. So yeah. we're super limited. I, I, I was taught, you know, uh, when you get action figures, keep some for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, you know, like uh, I had my first run of uh, figures, toy company figures, mm-hmm. uh, in a case that I'm never gonna open. If I if I do, I'll just order another case because, who knows, twenty years down the line or whatever. You know, I'm not having kids, but like my I, my nieces and nephews and stuff like that, I could give them to my nieces, my 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 nieces' kids. <laughs> my, I'm a great right. uncle, so mm-hmm. you know. They, it'd be it'd be like a family heirloom to pass down, you know, something cool. Oh, you know, without, for my my question. my little mini museum here. So you know, just uh, it's so cool, and you know, you know, hopefully this is you know the beginning of something more. You know, I I, th- I think I feel I feel good. I feel good about our show. I feel good about our fan base with the show. I mm-hmm. feel good about all the stuff we're doing. You're doing a lot of stuff with fight, uh, and I'm you know getting a little bit. I'm getting a couple more like signings and bookings and stuff like that, and now the world's opening up. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. But I mean, you'll get. But it's cool, and that's the thing. You know, your schedule, you know, is going to blow up as much as I think you're willing to have it. You know, because yeah. the world is opening yeah. back up. And I remember early on in the show, you talked about how many uh, bookings you had that you had to cancel. Um, yeah. Well, all those, you know. They're all coming back now. Go, you know, and then you're gonna be sitting there going, oh, "Well, there's only so many, uh, so many days in a week." But uh, I guess that's a good problem yeah. to have, right? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take quality bookings. Um, uh, I've done a ri- some uh, virtual signings, which which went really well. Uh, and while we're talking about it, let me uh, let me bring it up real quick. I, we were just talking about this prior to uh, recording. But I will be uh, at the uh, Legends of Hamburg uh, autograph show uh, in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, let me see. July 24th between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. So if you go to legendsofhamburg.com, uh, I will be there uh, with the Sandman at the, my table. So uh, uh, it's going to be a good time. Like I said, the bookings are coming in. I'm taking quality bookings. Uh, Legends of Hamburg. It's the Hamburg Fieldhouse, uh, the famous building where they filmed, you know, all the WWE, old WWF shows where, you know, Piper's Pit, where Piper hits Snooker with the uh, coconut and all that good stuff. So, yeah, uh, July 24th uh, between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the historic Hamburg Fieldhouse. Uh, come say hello. And uh, if you don't mind, I just wanted to plug a little something, too. I'm actually going to be on that same day. July 24th, I'll be doing, uh, for Fight TV, a fight and focus for the GCW Homecoming event uh, at the Showboat in Atlantic yeah. City. So, you know, this that's is going to be a great event. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Matt Cardona uh, versus Nick Gage. <laughs> so, dude, who oh, knows? Oh, man. Uh, 
And uh, I'm going to just, I'm, I just need to find a spot as far away from, uh, so I don't get blood on my suit. That's kind of my, uh, that's my Swear goal. Swear poncho. But yeah. Uh, but, Swear a, pon- but this is the first wrestling uh, event. You know, I, I, I did something ironically at the showboat um, for celebrity boxing. I've got a, a football thing coming up next week. A bunch of different shows. This is the first uh, wrestling event that I'll be doing. So, um, nice. I'm hoping that I'm going to see some some Pod Squad members, maybe even there. And anybody yeah. who you know, if you're listening, to this, please come up and say hello. Maybe not while I'm on the air, uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we'll be done before. Yo, bell time. cause you got the creams and sugars. You got the creams yeah, and sugars. The creams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely come by and say hello. It'd be awesome to uh, awesome to to meet any of you in person. Um, I'm not going to be doing like a signing or any. I'm just you know. Uh, but, uh, but guess what? Even if I was, there's not going to be a line. So, uh, just come say <laughs> hello. And, uh, but yeah, but definitely meaning, I think that's exciting. You know, we we're talking like Slichter saying it's in his neck of the woods where you're going to be yeah. doing signing and like, that's just cool. It's it, to me, like, I just get excited hearing about you talking about that. Like the idea of being able to meet, you know, a pod squad member in person is just, yeah. It's exciting. I mean, it, like uh, Biggie said, it was all a dream. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, you know, dude, we started this beginning of the uh, the the apocalypse, yep. the pandemic, and it's, you know, the whole pandemic was supposed to be two weeks, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> year, year and a half later, here we are uh, in our own home studios, on our own uh, roadcasters, uh, yep. <laughs> making making podcast magic, uh, having fun. And uh, now that, you know, we're actually starting to branch out and satellite out, you know, leave, leave, leave our home planet and go out and <laughs> into orbit and then come back, you know, and do the show and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's really neat. You know, it'll be good to see, uh, see folks um, in person, you know, there's, there's something about meeting somebody in person, which is, you know, way cooler than, you know, virtual signings are cool. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, shake a hand, wave to a baby, you know, yeah. hey, or, you know, that's good stuff like that, man. So uh, here's the beginning of uh, hopefully, you know, some normalcy, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully nobody fucks it up. I'll drink know? to that. Um, oh, yeah. Crack this Please. open. <laughs> I got me uh, an ugly strawberry cream soda. Oh, my. Yeah. I want that. Uh, I got a raspberry Wegmans. So... Crack this. So on the uh, on the Fourth of July, um, Calvin Tan came by. He and his wife, and uh, yep, there he is. And uh, uh, and I was like, "Hey, man, you want a seltzer or anything?" He's like, "Oh, absolutely." And then I went and got it. He's like, "Oh, you don't have any ugly?" He's like, "I thought you were gonna have ugly." I was gonna try. It. I was like, "No, man, I don't have any." He was so disappointed. Uh, so I think he's gonna be hopping on and, and ordering some ugly. Uh, Dude, shout out to Ugly. Uh, They're not sponsoring us right now, but they did sponsor us. But I believe in the product so much, I went out and just dipped into my own pocket and said, you know what, I want to buy this. And uh, I bought a case. I bought a couple cases. bought like $80 worth and with a coupon or whatever. Yeah. Promo promo code uh, uh, Meanie. What was the promo code Meanie? Meanie? Meanie, Do ugly, we have a promo code? Ugly, that? Yeah, Ugly Meanie, I think. Ugly Meanie, yeah. I don't know and, what that uh, gets you. We should really look into that and see what that gets you. Yeah. 
But uh, the cool thing is, well, not the cool thing is, like, when they came, like, there was a couple cans that were, like, busted open. So I reached out to them. They sent me, uh, they did a make good. So uh, I have enough seltzer for uh, another pandemic. So That's awesome. uh, <laughs> That's Shout out to Ugly, man. Great stuff. We, I got uh, Dr. Ugly. We got Cherry Cola. We got the Strawberry Cream. And uh, I think we got Orange Cream. Like yeah, one, of, we got a couple of those limited edition ones. I'm gonna have to order tonight. And then I was downstairs having dinner, and uh, Mrs. Meany goes, "Oh, they have butterscotch." I went, "Son of a bitch!" Wow. Yeah. <laughs> butterscotch, uh, dude. I I love butterscotch. So this is yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're a great company, um, and they're sitting back listening to this, yeah. going, "This is great. We don't ever have to sponsor them again." Uh, <laughs> they'll just keep buying uh, buying product and talking about it on the show and we won't have to give them anything uh but you like know I what said, that's how good they are we're we're, we're we didn't say we we're a good businessman yeah uh, <laughs> hey like even when failing uh, businesses have businessmen yeah yeah just like uh you know when we, we went to did uh higher tiers and <laughs> and we're like if you want to pay Don't a little do it. bit more, yeah. Do it. Um, uh, hey, how was your how was your Fourth of July? Uh, nice and peaceful mm. until seven o'clock, and everybody starts shooting off fireworks. So, yeah. uh, no, nah, it was cool. Uh, the third, we went over to Donnie and Bev's and uh, hung out. You know, the usual hangout, and uh, you know, had a couple adult cocktails. And then, uh, like I said, I don't drink or drive, so we just crashed there. And then the next day, we came home and did some grilling, and it was it was awesome, just uh, nice and easy. You know, a lot of people go down to shore and stuff like that, and which is you know good for me because that just opens up parking on my street. So <laughs> it's just like all right, you know, <laughs> you go down to shore to get drunk. I'll stay in Philly and get drunk, and I'll have a parking spot. Yep, and uh, more. <laughs> More money in my pocket because I didn't have to pay a toll or pay for a hotel or a shore house or whatever they do nowadays down the shore. I don't yeah, know it's anymore. Crazy but, kids. Uh, oh, those crazy kids. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really good fourth. Um, oh, it it brought me back to the, remember that uh, sixteen years ago on the fourth, it was my big match on uh, SmackDown versus you know JBL. Where I got like uh, the first big win of my first major win of my career, you know, yeah. just uh, beating beating a former world champion. So, and I, you know, we all know what what went into that match and all that stuff. But you know, it, it keeps coming up, and people keep you know sharing it with me and reminding me, and, and that feels good, you know, to uh, kind of be the underdog who uh, I felt like uh, the end of the movie Revenge of the Nerds when. Uh, they're standing around a campfire singing "We Are the Champions," you know. So it's just it was a, it was a good feeling. You know, it, it's when you really look at all of it. You know, as you look at your whole career to that point, if you look at it as like a movie, as like a story, it really. I mean, look, I'm sure you could have gone without having that that JBL situation, but without yeah. that, you know, without him doing what he did and that happening. At one night stand, uh, that match on SmackDown doesn't happen. You know, like I, I it just doesn't, yeah. right? Like, and like I've said, it, it was a shitty situation, but I was in a s- shitty situation before that, mm-hmm. and 
the uh, the folks rallying around me after what happened at One Night Stand kind of just there was there was a something good came out of something bad. Yeah, you know, and that's a, I mean and, that's a uh, huge lesson for people like to look at that because at One Night Stand yeah. in that moment, you know, that would have been tough to just say to you like, no, maybe this is a good thing. This is gonna be this is gonna work out really well for you. You'd have been like, yeah. no, this fucking sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. That night, I'm walking to because I drove up with John Finnegan, Jamano, and Francine. I think Bob and Lex Ortiz, and I was just banged up. And uh, we're walking to our walking to the car, and I run into Paul, Paul, Paul Heyman, you know, that Paul. I go, hey man, sorry I ruined the event. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, what did you? He's like, dude, just think of this. He gave you he gave you his best shot and he couldn't knock you out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that, there's that. Yeah. But like, we're driving home and you know, Finnegan and Malno, they they wanted to drive me directly to a hospital. You know, stuff like that. So I was like, oh. but you know, like I said, something bad happened. Some good came out of it. And like you said, you know, you think of all the movies mm-hmm. where something bad happens and then you know. There's that one redeeming moment, you know. And right after the three count happens in the JBL match, they could have slowed it down, showed the crowd, showed my reaction, and then after this match, blew me and blah blah blah, all that stuff like the, like the uh, the text they put over at the end of the movie, and then they yep. lived all happily ever yep. after and stuff like that. Kind of like the movie Invincible, you know. Yeah, Vince Papali, you know, he didn't have a. He, he uh, went from being a fan to uh, playing for the Philadelphia Eagles and had the one big play and, you know, wound up having a little bit of a career. And now he's, like, all over Philly as a, <laughs> a spokesman and stuff like that, a motivational speaker. Yep. You know, and, uh, yeah, they made the movie Invincible about his that career. So, yeah, like, if I, I was to ever have a movie, it would kind of be, like, the movie Invincible, yeah. you know? Except I don't have abs like Mark Wahlberg or anything like that, you know? They're under there. Yeah, well, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> always well, I, gotta, on, I have a six-pack under this fat, you know? You ha- Some people have a six-pack. I have a party ball oh. so, <laughs> or a quarter keg, you know? So uh, Vanessa Bello, um, Patreon member, says, uh, if that never happened, I wouldn't have read about it on PWI and subsequently linked to Meanie on MySpace 16 years ago. Ah. <laughs> so. Thank God for MySpace. Man, yeah. I, I say that every day. <laughs> um. I was so witty that I once had a, a custom, shirt made, shirt, custom shirt made that said, I'm on MySpace. Which, yeah. yeah. But then thinking back to it, I was like, oh, yeah, real fucking witty bride. <laughs> you know, oh so man. funny, so funny. Hey, I'm sure that that aged well. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to you about kind of like one one of the headlines this week. Um, it's been all about Terry Funk, and yeah, um, and you posted a really nice message uh, to him. But you know, I know you're an avid listener uh, of Busted Open. And yeah. Tommy Dreamer was on there and, and kind of, he had tweeted something, but then he kind of went into more detail. Did you get a chance to hear that? Uh, no, but I will. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, to give you basically a heads up, I mean, you understand most of what happened, but he spoke to Terry Funk and 
Uh, Terry Funk, uh, everybody, go f- go find them on uh, on Twitter, Busted Open, because they have a clip of it. Um, pretty much, uh, Terry Funk's trying to figure out how to how to turn this into a, an angle, um, <laughs> and he wants to involve Roman Reigns, who I believe he referred to as Sika's kid. So, like, there's all, it, it's great. Um, yeah, but uh, but something you know, my first thought was, oh man, this is kind of, you know kind of weird everybody gave like this heartfelt stuff and then it turns out no he's actually doing all right he's kind of just in this place because his kids were worried about him being alone 77 years old and it totally yeah. makes sense but then i thought about it and i thought you know there's that saying you know give them their their flowers now right like there's right and i looked at it and i thought you could look at that and say like oh everybody made a big deal out of nothing but how cool is it that everybody got to say all these things to terry funk while he's here and while he is actually well and reading these and knowing this stuff, I mean, that yeah. matters so much more than once he's gone, people posting nice stuff on social media. Not that that's a bad thing, you know, of, of course, post nice things about people after they've passed. But, man, to just yeah. kind of give give a guy like Terry Funk the due that he deserves. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. But, yeah, just wanted to, you know, let you kind of go elaborate on that and say some nice things about Terry Funk. Well, yeah, well, dude, it's just like, um, you know, you read that, you know, they say he's in a nursing home and, you know, they, they were saying he has early dementia. So who knows if that's true or not? Um, I guess apparently Don Morocco talked about on his podcast mm-hmm. and uh, I saw some idiot go, wow. Uh, Don Morocco's in Hawaii. So so let me get this. Don Morocco in Hawaii knows what's happened to Terry Funk in Texas, which, yeah, well, yeah, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah, That's like saying the guy in the TV studio at CNN doesn't know what's going on in Texas because he's not there. No, they, we there's people there who are telling you yeah, <laughs> what's have, going on, sir. We have people in other countries watching us live right now. I don't know, man. That's so sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like fuck you, um, but yeah, I, I read that and then I uh, I did my little post and you know, like you said, give get the give them their flowers while they're alive. You know, celebrate people while they're alive. And so you know, I posted what I, I you know I, I love Terry. Um, I went to ECW. I was only in the business a year and a half. Uh, I was this green kid. I was young and green, and. Uh, you wouldn't have known it by the way he treated me. You know, like I said, I was sitting my first couple months in ECW. Uh, Terry was sitting there and said something to Dreamer. Dreamer comes over to me and takes me by the hand and brings me over to Terry Funky. He's like, hey, Blue Meanie, I love it, Blue Meanie. Ah, you should go out and get a blue car. Buy a blue, Go down to the junkyard, buy a blue car. And you pull up the arena and the, on the blue car, on the side of the car, it says it's got BM for Blue Meanie. People are like, oh, look at that BM car or something like that. <laughs> and he's just riffing all these ideas for me off the top of his head. I'm like, this is Terry fucking Funk, right? And I was like, oh, well, thank you. I, you know, you're being respectful. You, and I'm at that age where, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, sure. you know there's this magical th- you know, moments happening. It's like when you're in a date with a, a, a girlfriend for the, a girl for the first time. You're trying not to say that thing to make her go, ah, I think I want to go home early. <laughs> you know, just uh, you don't want to ruin the moment. So Terry Funk's 
you know, pitching me these ideas about buying a junky car and pulling up the building. And I love it. Blue Mini. So, you know, and I'm only in the business, like I said, I'm in the business a year and a half. So that, that meant the world to me. And then, you know, throughout the, you know, the rest of my career, you know, Terry was always great to me. His wife, Vicky, was always great to me. His wife, Vicky, was such a sweetheart. Um, and then, you know, you, you always hear, then, you know, you hear things, you know, he's in a nursing home. You hear he's, they say early dementia, whether that's true or not. But then you start worrying because you care about Terry Funk. You love Terry Funk. And uh, you start thinking about all these other folks, you know, um, you know, Johnny Cash, you know, his wife died, passed away. And then not too much longer after that, he, 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 he left, you know, he left the planet too. And it's, it's like anytime, like there's an older couple and, and the one loved one passes away, it always seems like the, the, the spouse, other spouse passes away out of just longing to be with their loved one, you know, Broken and that's what kind of, yeah, that's kind of what got me worried, you know. I knew Vicky had passed away a few years ago, and like I said, she was so cool, so nice to me, you know. Hi, Blue Meanie. And then, uh, you know, Terry was always cool to me, and uh, when I heard that, I was like, I got to, you know, you know, celebrate him. Why not? You know, and then other people are like, oh, are you trying to tell me something? I'm like, no, I'm just pretty <laughs> just giving the man some praise. So people are fucking weird. What are, man. Wait, I don't uh, understand. What are they? What were they thinking? Like, like on Instagram, I post. I'm, I kept posting these photos of me with Terry Funk. You know, hashtag thank you Terry Funk. One guy's like, "Oh, do you know something we don't? Are you trying to tell us something? Uh, oh, the- rest in peace." You know, it's like, no, I'm not saying he's dead. I'm just saying I'm just being grateful. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, dude, the last couple of days, people have just been weird. You know, I don't know if it's the heat. Last couple of days. Or with us. Dude. Decades? <laughs> Even, but dude. no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, no, no. It, you, your point's very valid as well. But, uh, yeah, just, I don't know what it is. And, like, not to get off Terry Funk here, but, like, we went to a store the other day, and the cashier was like, man. People are just strange. Like people are just acting strange. It's I don't know whether it was the heat or. Do you think? Whatever, I mean, whatever the, it is, the heat can always do that. But do you think it's people just like think about it, we we've all kind of been in in uh, confinement for a year and a half, and everybody's getting yeah. back out, and they're like, you know, it's one thing you've got your bubble and you've got your friends that you socialize with, but now here you are in the real world. Having to interact with people that you don't necessarily know yeah. after a year and a half of being told, do not go near anyone, <laughs> keep your distance, you know, and, and, and rightfully so that I, you know, I, I supported that completely, but maybe that's what people are just, you know, like been, the social ineptitudes are coming out of people who otherwise wouldn't have that, you know? Dude, it's amazing. I'll post something on social media and somebody will reply with something that has like totally nothing to do with what I just said. It's just like <sighs> so bizarre. Yeah. But like I said, I, I, I was I was giving praise to Terry Funk and people took it the wrong way. And then, uh, you know, to calm people down, I did a screenshot of Dreamer's post mm-hmm. about Terry. And um, sorry. Oh. Ooh, 
And then, uh, yeah, just like tell people to calm the fuck down. You know, it's just I'm just praising the guy. So Terry Funk, man, he has done so much for the wrestling business. He's done so much for the business as a whole and then for wrestlers as individuals. Uh, he validated ECW. He made ECW legit in the, in the eyes of people. You know, and other wrestlers who uh, went, well, shit, I wasn't going to go there, but if Terry Funk's having a good time there, look at look, look everything Terry Funk's doing. Yeah. You know, other people were more open to go work for ECW, which made us look more legit in the eyes of the casual wrestling fan. So, you know, and he did everything for Dreamer. He did everything for us for pay-per-view and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, that's why we had that, that show and gave him a – a lifetime ECW championship, you know, at the Terry Funk uh, WrestleFest. So, yeah. you know, I, I need to reach out to him. I got his number. So, you know, I'm I'm sure he's not looking at my fucking Instagram. Uh, so, or Twitter or Facebook. Or knows what, what an Instagram fa- is. Or, yeah. What the fuck is a Facebook? Uh, you pig! Um, that's my favorite Terry Funk when he... Terry Funk would always go off on Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes is like, what did I do to this man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, just I love you, Terry Funk. Uh, Terry Funk was punk rock, man. He was – he was. there's a lot of – there's a lot of correlation between guys like Terry Funk, Willie Nelson, and George Carlin, where – when they first started out, they were clean cut, they had the hair slicked back, they were wearing suits. And then somewhere along the line, they went counterculture. Yeah. Uh, Terry Funk kind of became middle-aged and crazy. Willie Nelson started growing the, uh, the pigtails and smoking pot. <laughs> George Carlin grew his hair out, grew a beard, and started questioning authority. And that's why I think it has endeared people to all, th- all three of those folks. You know, uh, Terry Funk, George Carlin, Willie Nelson is that, you know, you know, they, 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 they went from being what everybody they thought they should be to who they really are. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, people long to be the person they really are and, you know, don't want to be that person that everybody expects them to be. So, and, you know, Terry Funk's the prime example of that. You know, he was, he was, he was, he was punk rock, man. He was punk rock. He counterculture, he made his own rules. One of the last outlaws, you know, I think, I think of outlaws, I think of Terry Funk, I think of Bruiser Brody, you know, there's, you know, New Jack, Sabu, outlaws, the kind of guys who kind of did things on their own terms and, um, you know, said, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is me warts and all if you don't like it fuck it and fuck you you know yep. so i if if you like i mean we could talk about terry funk all day um oh absolutely we, we already have as a matter of fact with joel gertner <laughs> um so if you want to hear more about terry funk and his specifically his career in ecw we actually did an episode over at adfreeshows.com um and it's free to listen Go to adfreeshows.com and check out That Was Extreme with myself, Meanie, and Joel Gertner. We talked all about Terry Funk, and I, I felt like we really did him justice on that, And uh, which is, you know, which is nice. What's cool, yeah, what's cool about that, 
uh, you know, uh, that was extreme. You know, we got to pay respect to him. And, uh, you know, we did one for New Jack, to which uh, New Jack, you know, since we're on the topic, New Jack's wife reached out and re- said she really enjoyed our episode. Oh, wow. Dedicated to him. Uh, she said it, re- it really meant a lot to her and the kids. Wow. So, that, uh, that, means, some- that means a lot to me to hear that. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been I've been I've been keeping in touch, uh, you know, um, you know it, it's it's tough, and you know just trying to give uh, ideas, you know, give thought, you know, give ideas with a, you know, a, a good 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 intentions, you know, because sure, somebody passes away, and then all the people come out from out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. you know. You have your well-intentioned and your not-so-well-intentioned. But even the well-intentioned sometimes can be a little much in those instances. Yeah, you, there's, there's always t- this thing of uh, you got to help somebody, you know, do this, that, and the other thing, you know. The, the only thing I did was reach out and say, hey, Karen uh, Elbow wants to help raise money. And you want to do a shirt, this is the shirt. And she said, okay, cool, thank you. And then she did the progressive tea shop, so... Yeah. You know, um, but when she reached out and said, you know, hey, I, I really appreciated the episode you did to Jerome, you know, New Jack. That meant a lot. And, you know, hopefully um, somehow, some way, <laughs> uh, Terry Funk can hear the episode we did for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really need to get in touch with him. And instead of praising him and, you know, in, in places he probably doesn't even know exist, yeah. just give him a good old-fashioned phone call. Cause yeah. I, <laughs> for me, for for me to call somebody, I really gotta really want to talk to them and n- not text them. You know, I'm a yeah. texter. You know, if you call me, I'm like, what the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> Wait, what do you call me for? We have to have a serious yeah. talk now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I pick up the phone. And I'm fucking flinching. You know, but yeah. um, but yeah, God bless Terry Funk. I love him, man. I love him. Um, I know it's kind of a. Uh, early in the show but you want to uh want to do an ask meanie we got a bunch of questions came in kind of have some fun i would love to yeah as i uh drink my second ugly drink which is <laughs> dr ugly oh man I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm officially jealous with this 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 tastes like dr pepper dude man. this is fucking great you know and that's what calvin was asking me he's like well, what is it you know was it taste like and i said you know it depends like like my wife definitely thought it was good, like without question. She, like she could appreciate it. But she's always really liked seltzer. So to her, it almost was too sweet because she likes the seltzer where it's much more, you know, carbonated water with a tiny bit of flavor in there. But for yeah. someone like me who just always loves soda, like this is perfect because it doesn't yeah. have that weight of soda, you know, um, and it feels healthy. But it's got so much more flavor than you would get in just your like regular seltzers, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I need to squeegee my fucking teeth after I drink it. Right. Yeah. Soda, <laughs> you know? It's just like, oh, you know. Yeah. But uh, but hey, but enough I, about that because they're not paying us. Um, so. <laughs> Again, not We're a good s- business, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, ugly. You want us to uh, say nice things about you? Just keep putting out a good product, and we'll buy it, and we'll keep telling people. Hey, Ugly, you want to shave my balls like Manscaped? Because <laughs> you can use the promo code MEANY20. And they're not even yeah. sponsoring this week. They're sponsoring next week. Oh. 
So well, bonus. So yeah, use the promo code. Yeah, I look. You sponsor us. To me, you're supporting us, and we're we're here to support you. Yeah. Can you see this black and blue mark on my bicep? I was wondering what the fuck that was. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> Legitimately? I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was like a shadow. I like, because I was no. looking at my own color, you know? I know. I just noticed it on there. This is from my one-year-old son. Grabbed <laughs> a hold of my, like, not the whole thing. Grabbed, like, a deep pinch of the bicep. Like, the bicep is called a bicep because there's technically two parts of that muscle and it felt like he straight up grabbed one of them and just <laughs> it hurt so bad and the next day i woke up with a freaking black and blue mark i'm like this kid is one years old and he's kicking my ass so i just wanted to i saw it on the thing i'm like this is like man that's really showing up on camera there yeah. um from his tiny Baby's little little fingers anyway fingernails <laughs> Baby fingernails are sharp as shit. Yeah, it wasn't even the fingernails. It was the grip. The strength of the... It's insane. It is insane. For as weak as the rest of a a one-year-old's body is, their grip (laughs) is... I feel like their grip gets weaker as they get older. Like, I don't have a grip that strong. But with that, let's ask me anything. It's time to ask me anything. Ask me something! (laughs) All right, Meanie. Uh, Anthony Camarada writes, if, Camarada. W- if WWE were to make a reality show like Legends House, but with ECW stars, with you and seven other wrestlers, who would uh, who would you like to join you? Oh, my God. It would have to be me, Hal Snow, because uh, they could easily could have done one of those Tough Enough mm-hmm. or Legends House. Not even... It's like one of those reality Big Brother shows at Al sure. School when I went there. There's so many stories that I don't even know if I can repeat, but it, <laughs> they would have been great TV. Um, Al Snow, uh, uh, Sabu. Um, you would have to get. You would have to need somebody in there, a little straight laced for you know the reaction stuff. So you'd have to get Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, he's he would be our Tony Randall, <laughs> you know, if like that, you know, like the odd couple, you know, uh-huh. one guy's the slob and he's like Mister, you know, <laughs> oh heavens. Um, so who'd I say? Me, Al Snow, Sabu, Sabu, Lance Storm, Lance Storm. Yeah, four, uh, four more here. Four more. Um. Hmm. Oh, I would have to get like Brian Lee because he's fucking hysterical. Uh, you have to get you have to get Raven because he would just like pick apart everything everybody said and just. Uh, wait to say it that way. You know, you, you could have said it this way, and motherfucker, and somebody storms out the room. Um, you know, back in the day, Raven. Raven's different. Raven now. Uh, how many is that? Five? Uh, yeah, you got two more. Uh, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, fuck. Get Terry Funk in there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. God damn. You know, just have watch him walk off into the, the brushes, you know? Step and into do a whatever. Pothole. Yeah, do the Terry Funk death march. 
you know, around the house. Um, and one more. Oh. Who would be good TV? Um, We'd probably have to get Joey Styles, right? Because Legends House had Mean Gene. Yeah. You would have to have Joey Styles to kind of be the voice of reason amongst <laughs> everything. Joey Styles and Lance Storm would kind of be the straight laced guys, you know, the uh, voices voices of reason amongst all the uh, the crazy. Oh, you know what? Take Brian Lee off that and put put in Balls Mahoney. Mm. Oh, Mahoney, like, <laughs> I, I, if you've ever spent a weekend with Balls Mahoney, you would go, "Yes, Balls Mahoney, of course." Uh, Mahoney, put your clothes on. Uh, oh, just uh, <laughs> Captain Caveman. Uh, Balls Mahoney. Uh, dude, I killed a great white with a spork. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> sure you did, John. Oh, um, man. That story is so legendary that when they uh, put the show down at Shea Stadium show, when it was like back in the day when it was WWE 24-7 and Michael Cole and Mick Foley were doing the commentary, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp was having his match, and they were like, you know, Larry Sharp of the world-famous Monster Factory, you know, trained this guy, that guy, trained Balls Mahoney. And then John, uh, Michael Cole brought up uh, the story about how Balls Mahoney killed a great white shark with a, a spork. So it's one of those great stories. That's amazing. Yeah, it, 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 it's out there. Uh, anybody runs into Danny Doring, have him tell the story. He's the best one to tell him that story. That's awesome. That was a great question. Uh, here's another one from Mark and Dryden. Uh, who were the biggest over and underachievers in ECW? Well, that was a fun question. Hmm. So the biggest. We'll start with the biggest overachiever. Overachiever. Huh. That's a good question. That would be like somebody who nobody. You would have to say Mikey Whipwreck, right? I think you'd have to. And that's not a knock. It's just because he was the under. He was a legit underdog. He he was ring crew. He was really wasn't properly trained. Him mm-hmm. and his friends would roll around the ring before the show, and Paul noticed something. And then he goes from being part of ring crew, being like a kind of a backyarder, you know, like he was doing backyard stuff before, and then. Ring crew, and then gets an ECW. Oh, Sonny's working guys with like you know Malenko, Benoit, you know, and stuff like that. And then he wins the world title. Then he you know defends the title against Steve, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, you know, he goes he on to have this great career. Yeah, and then most recently he was in one of the most recent WWE 2K games as a you know for Mick Foley's uh, story. So yeah, he was. So. He, he definitely overachieved, but like it was through hard work too. Sure. Um underachieved, man. That almost Ooh, underachieved. I guess Brackus. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Um now who yeah, somebody who who's someone in ECW that was just kinda like everybody looked at like, okay, this guy's going to be something he's our next big star he's our next something you know and just just didn't work i feel bad saying that there, there's this kid named kareem 
who uh, kind of looked like one of the headhunters. Okay. Good dude. He, he was training with the, uh, I think he trained a little bit at the House of Hardcore. And he was coming in, and they were going to do big things with him. Hmm. And he, he was this big kid. He, he looked like he could have been the third headhunter without the makeup. Okay. And I remember this. Uh, I forget who was all in the ring, but Sandman, it was Shane Douglas, Sandman, maybe Raven, that, which why we were out there. And me and Nova got caned, and we're selling in the corner. And this kid, Kareem, I forget what they were going to call him. Kareem's his real name. He was going to come off the top rope onto either Shane or Sandman. Uh, that's my computer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that bled through. I heard it. But, I don't know uh, if it's. Yeah. It's all right. Okay, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's one of those things I should have just dinged when I first fucking signed on, but. Oh, like, to, like an update or something like that? Yeah, that should have been like you. two hours ago. I can't tell you how many times I've hit just the uh, try me later tonight, and I'm meanwhile thinking to myself, my computer's not going to be on later tonight. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> you know? I lied. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me, me and Nova are, are Singapore Kane. We're laying in the corner. It's Kid Cream. It's going to make his big de- debut at the ECW Arena, and he's going to come off the top rope on the either Shane or Sandman. He loses his balance, falls off the top rope, and snaps his leg straight in half. Oh, shit. Three feet from my face. I'm laying there on the mat, and I see his, you, I heard his leg snap, snap, crap. And Sandman had the fucking, he's laying there writhing in pain, leg snapped in half, and Sandman just Singapore canes the shit out of the poor guy, you know, just. Jesus. But he was supposed to be like this big, they were going to do this big thing with him. And it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what their plans were, but they had big plans if he was debuting against Sam and Shane, Raven, wow. all this stuff. So, like, holy shit. And then he broke his leg. And then, he, you know, he's, he's, he continued to wrestle. He didn't come back to ECW. He continued to wrestle. He's, he ran shows and stuff like that. But, yeah, a, a guy who's going to debut like that and – you know, botches it, you know, his first time, which, you know, really wasn't his fault, you know, but that's uh, just unfortunately how wrestling wrestling can be cruel sometimes. Yeah, not just fate in general. Uh, yeah, it's, it's out there on tape somewhere. It's on. It was on TV for, you know, it was like, Jesus. Uh, here's a fun one from Pablo. Uh, whatever happened to 3PW? Uh, also, do you have any good memories of Frank Talent? <laughs> I felt like like when I read this, this was posted six days ago, but I was it seemed so familiar. I was like, I feel like we talked about this before. Yeah. But maybe we didn't. I know you've got to have some good I have good Frank Talent stories. You've got to have some good Frank Talent stories. Dude, three uh, PW was, you know, me, Todd Gordon, one other person who I don't talk about. Yeah, they asked in the question, uh, do you still talk to that person? I figured we'd just nah. I think it's well established. No. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. Um, it, it was it was fun. It could have lasted longer if you know somebody didn't make enemies and you know stuff like that. But um, Frank Talent stories. Oh my god. Well, Frank was a good dude, man. Frank Talent would always like he would bring like you know kids to the show and have them set up in the uh, 
Eagles Nest and watch wrestling and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, kids from like youth leagues or rec centers or whatever, kids who couldn't uh, more than likely afford to come to a show on their own. He would like bring them out and stuff like that. And, you know, I know kids to this day who come up and, you know, praise Frank Town. But Frank was a character, man. He, um, he, you know, he, he, he tried to like flex his muscle every now and then. Like there was like a three PW show. I forget what the date was. He's like, "All right, now you gotta go out there and you. We need padding around the ring." I was like, "Well, Frank, you're coming to us the day of the you know an hour before the show, right. telling us we need ring mats around the mat ring. You couldn't have told us this like a month ago." Ah, well, tonight you're going to have to have a, I was like, and we tried to, like, locate these mats, and it was like, we're, it's like, Frank, please, you're, this is an, this is embarrassing. And I was, yeah. <laughs> Frank is good if you, like everybody else, you know, if you approach him the right way. He was trying to flex his muscle. He's the commissioner. I want pads around the ring. But, you know, I used logic with him. I was like, look, these these pads we have around it's it was like extra padding from underneath the that's supposed to go underneath the ring or whatever but they just happened to have it on a ring truck i was like well god god forbid frank somebody you know falls out of the ring and they go to land on that and slides from underneath them and they break their leg Mm -hmm. and it's on the commission and you ordered that to be out there (laughs) Uh, great idea let's take those mats up you know (laughs) it's just like you know uh, Frank Talent, man, he uh, was a fixture in, in the wrestling scene. If you watch some of the old Spectrum Wrestlings, they let him ring announce every now and then. But uh, I, you think of Frank Talent, you think of the big bow tie, the glasses. The uh, he, I mean, he was such a throwback. You know, he looked like he could have been an old timey boxing announcer back in the day. Yeah. You know, this fight te- brought to you by Budweiser. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, if you ever, if you've never seen Frank Talent, go t- and watch uh, the ECW documentary Bob Bar City, which he's in it for like a second, you know, talking about ECW and stuff like that. But yeah, Frank was a great guy. He he was cool to me. He, he was a local judge for a shoot. Jo- he was a judge really? for a shoot job. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a he was a real life judge, and the, he did the um, wow commission. That was his side hustle, I guess. Wow, I did but, not know uh, that. Yeah, he was a judge. So, you know, thank God I didn't need any help. Like, hey, uh, Frank, can you help me out? Yeah. Uh, but, nah, he was a good dude, man. He, uh, he always looked out for folks. He looked out for me. He was always good to me, you know. But, uh, yeah. Um, Another question here. Uh... Yes, let's see what this is. I haven't read. I didn't read it ahead of time, so let's see. Uh, from, <laughs> from Chris Cookie Alcock, uh, I once witnessed you. Okay, here we are. I once witnessed you simulate head with head on Al Snow in a bid to wake him up in a bit. I guess to wake him up following a beatdown by Tracy Smothers. My question. Did Al express any gratitude? A lady should always be thanked. All right. So I have I have no recollection. So you Okay, so I think you used head to perform 
uh, uh, fellatio, we'll say, simulated fellatio on Al Snow to resurrect him, if you will, uh, after yeah. a beatdown by Tracy Smothers. This doesn't ring a bell to you? Absolutely not. Uh, wow. No. I, it's not yeah. like uh, there was a year, a show, a, a city. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie Alcock, you're going to need to help us out with, uh, yeah, let us know when this was and where this was, uh, and is there or, footage of this? Or don't, because I don't remember it. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, you know what? We could bring Al on. He's in the green room waiting for us. Yeah, oh let my me just God. Get a couple, let me get a couple more questions, and, and then we'll bring him on. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, yeah. We'll bring Al on in a second. Yeah. Let's get through some of these other ones, though, first. Um, yeah. Um, this is a fun one. Uh, what are the Blue Meanies' memories? This is from Chris, at ChrisWD2009. What are the Blue Meanies' memories of working for the British promotion One Pro Wrestling, and has Josh ever wrestled in the UK? Well, I can answer mine quickly. No. <laughs> Would have been awesome, but no. Yeah. But you, what, what are your... Uh, what are your memories working with One Pro Wrestling? Uh, one Pro Wrestling, or else referred to as One PW, uh, which I laughed when you know they a promotion called One PW approached <laughs> the guy who was running shows as Three PW. Uh, yeah. It's like, hmm, and th- this uh, is a step down for you. I mean, this is two less P's. The you know, yeah, right. Is it even uh, worth your time? They leapfrogged us in the uh, alphabet, alphabetizing. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, why are you three people? You know, and they have to list all the promotions by name. You know, the numbers go first. Yep. So, one <laughs> <laughs> uh, PW was great. Um, they had a good run. Uh, the first couple shows, I did like the first maybe year or two. Uh, I don't know if I did it. I can't re- recall if I did every show, but I did like every other show and stuff like that. But it was great. Um, cause before that I only been over to England, you know, uh, for the one post WrestleMania 15 tour. So to go back to England, uh, you know, and just get to enjoy it. Not that I didn't enjoy the WWE one, but like when you're on the road with WWE, you're just it's blinders on full force ahead. This time, you know, I could go over there, take a breath, you know, hang out. I have uh, friends over there. I have a friend, Gabby, over there who uh, I had never I had never met. So I got to meet friends I hadn't meet, you know, met in person before. So it was a good atmosphere. And I love the U.K. because they are just as passionate as or even more so. You know, uh, I wouldn't say they remind me of South Philly fans, you know, uh, you go over to those UK shows and they they do chants and you're just like, how does that work into it? How did they work that into a chant? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, stuff like that. So like, you know, you're driving through England and you're like, man, all these little towns, that's kind of like South Philly, you know, they, you know, the mom and pop shops and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a good time. I uh, got to go over there. And again, this is like post JBL, post WWE post one night stand so i was kind of making my comeback you know having my retribution tour so to speak and uh to go over to england and get the reaction we got uh 
you know, and then, you know, get to work with guys like Tracy, like work with Tracy Smothers and stuff like that. It's a great time. Uh, I got to go over there a couple, for a couple of years. And then they had, uh, I think, I want to say the last show I did for them was 2009. And uh, unfortunately, this is like right around the time Harry Callis passed away. And uh, they were having the public memorial for him in, at the, the ballpark here in Philly, the Citizens Bank Park. And if I wasn't booked for three, I mean, for one PW, I definitely would have been there. So I'm flying to England on the day that they're doing a memorial for Harry Callis at the ballpark. So I'm on my layover in Paris, France. And I sat there and, you know, as my little tribute to Harry Callis, played the uh, the final out call from the 2008 World Series in Paris, France, wow. you know, for uh, for Harry Cowles. Whether it meant uh, anything to anybody, it meant something to me because yeah. I couldn't be there to go and pay respects to Harry Cowles at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, but, you know, I paid my own little tribute to him, uh, you know, traveling over there, wearing my uh, Phillies jersey with my Harry Cowles patch and playing the uh, – the final out call from the 2008 World Series. So, but you know, t- yeah, I went over there again, 2009. They tried to do like this ECW reunion show or ECW tribute show, and they had like me, Nova, Jerry Lynn, and a couple other ECW guys, and they had like us facing their local town, which is great. But like they had all, the, it was supposed to be like a back to the extreme show with a tribute to ECW, and all the ECW guys jobbed out. I was like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Cool, oh, man. <laughs> if this is a tribute, I hate to see what I hate to see your burial. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one PW was good. It was it was it was it was a good run while it lasted. And every now and then, I get like a message: "Hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing a reunion show." I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. "Um, last question here." Um, yes. Mark and Dryden. We got another one from him. Uh, what up, dude? Do you guys think when WWE goes back to fans in arenas that it will really make that much of a difference as in better ratings, storylines, etc.? P.S. Could I get a birthday shout-out since my birthday was July the 8th? Thanks. Well, as we're recording this, it's July 7th, so our birthday shout-out is actually early. Um, hey. Happy birthday, Mark and Dryden, at Mark Matsuo. Happy birthday, Mark. I hope uh, your day is an awesome one. Yeah. And thanks for your support. Absolutely. And your questions. And- he always yeah, has man. the best questions, too. Um, Dude, I love the questions that make me think. Yes. You know, and our pod squad's pretty good for that, so. And here, and so, uh, yeah, so this one, Meanie, what do you think? Um, when WWE goes back to fans and arenas, which is going to be within the next week or so, right? Um do you think it'll make much of a difference as in better ratings, storylines, etc.? I think it'll be a better barometer of what's been successful. You know, you know, there's you know, the one thing you miss about having fans in the crowd is the instant feedback. You know. You know, I, I hear guys who have wrestled during this pandemic. And they're like, man, am I selling too long? Am I selling not enough? You know, it's yeah. hard to gauge. And you know, you know, if you get that instant feedback of something's good or bad, you know, you're you're going to get it now. And you know, you're going to be in front of fans, and 
you know, paying fans, you know, that's the big thing. You know, these people are paying money to go to your show. And if it's not good, you're, you're going to know, you know, crowd reaction. There's no substitute for it, you know, uh, instant feedback, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know, drawing emotion, emotion off of fans, you know, wrestlers always say, you know, we control the fans. They don't control us, but you kind of listen to them and, gauge what you're going to do next based off how the fans are reacting, you know, whether something is working or not working for the last year and a half minus, you know, WrestleMania, which actually had fans, uh, you're, you're actually going to get like a true reaction and true feedback. And hopefully they listen to the fans, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, especially if, you know, you would think, you know, your fans are being, going to be able to a, attend a live wrestling event. You, you figure the house would be, you know, packed. You know, these people have been cooped up in their house. They've been wanting to go to a live event, you know, and, and watch live wrestling. You would think every show would be sold out. So, you know, just the fact that, you know, okay, here's your chance. Yeah. That, you know, you always gauge it, what, you know, whether you're doing good by ticket sales and uh, and ratings and stuff like that. But uh, it can, you know, or I don't know. Who knows if, you know, they're just happy with the money they have right now through all these deals they've brokered and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, like the saying, a, a, fed dog, a fed dog doesn't hunt, you know. You know, right now they're, they're eating pretty good between the Peacock deal and the Fox deal and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see. It's it's all we're entering a world of unknown right now because we don't know how the fans are going to react. The fans could come out and just react to anything, and it, it, it could be it could be perceived as being awesome because the fans are reacting because they're just so happy to be out of the house and seeing live wrestling again. But I don't think we'll know it truly until maybe maybe two months and three months and once. The uh, honeymoon's over, mm-hmm. and uh, the fans are like, "Okay, uh, let's try to get back to this. Uh, let's uh, try. Let's try and make sense of <laughs> all this stuff." So you know, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, it, right off the bat, you're not going to see immediate results because people are just going to be happy to be out of their house. Sure, but eventually, like two months, three months, four months down the road, people are going to paying customers who are, you know. You know, or or getting used to being leaving the house, you know that that'll be the true test. You know, you you talked about it being a barometer of what's been working and what hasn't been working, and I think you know the internet wrestling community is such a small piece of the puzzle of what makes up the fans and the people watching. Uh, but we've seen the ratings kind of take a dip and. You know, the storylines have been, you know, everyone has different opinions. In my opinion, they have not been good. I also think they've been stalled for, you know, I mean, look, they haven't been good for a very long time, but I think that they've been stalled out. Um, this past Monday's Raw, just, you know, um, I mean, I, I watched 30 seconds. It, you know, it was, it, was, it was terrible, but I think... That in a lot of ways they were just kind of treading water, because yeah. you know anything big, anything like uh, Zelina Vega came back, um, 
Not on, not on Raw. That was on, uh, yes on Raw. Nah, I don't even remember. But let's say on Raw, uh, Zelina <laughs> Vega came back, and my thought was, why did you do that? Because I think treading water was the way to do it. If she's coming back, let her be a mystery of uh, uh, being in the Money in the Bank match, and have her make her return to the company in front of the live crowd as a surprise. Right. And it's little things like that. Like I'm not entirely sure. If maybe they thought, okay, we need to bring her back because that's going to drive more people to Peacock. I don't know what their thought process is, and I'm not going to pre- pretend to know what their thought process is. But to me, the the uneducated fan, I look at that and say, what, like, you have a moment. Why did you just give up that moment in front of nobody? Um, yeah. Because... I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just because... And like we were saying, we don't know if they're just holding off on the good stuff. Yeah. For when fan, you know, save some for the honeymoon, Val. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, save some for when the when the the fans are back. Maybe that's that's been the conspiracy theory. But yeah, why yeah. would you give up a like all these people are showing up in AEW? Why couldn't you just sign them and have them wait around and then you know first folks first moment in front of fans. You would have instant like fan reactions you could show for years on down uh, years yeah. on down the line. You know, why are you giving it away when there's nobody there? Yeah, and know? and and I just feel like like Christian Cage. You know, imagine if he showed up in front of fans, yep. which he kind of did, but it wasn't like a full. It wasn't the house. same. No, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. But um, yeah, no, I I just think WWE, you know. Uh, you only get so many uh, first impressions, and they have an opportunity to make a, a hell of a, f- a first impression post Thunderdome. You know, they, yeah. they have this opportunity to just roll with it, just get, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. And I think you're right, meaning I think two to three months, because I think you're going to have people who, right off the bat, A, they're excited to be there live, so they're cheering things that, you know, two to three months from now, they're going to just be like, oh, wait, no, this actually sucks. And then I think fans watching at home, there's going to be a little bit of time where, like for me, I watch it for 30 seconds, like I can't stand, I can't watch this. But there's going to be at least a few weeks where I'm going to be tricking myself because <laughs> there's a, a crowd. I'm going to go, God, this is so much better. And then you're going to stop and go, but is it? So, right. you know, that's where we are. So I, I agree with you on that completely. And, and uh, Mark, uh, happy birthday again. Um, happy thank birthday, you for all your Mark. support. Um, yeah, Meanie. I, look, hey, this was a, that was some great Ask Meanie. Um, now, next they week. They always are. Next week, uh, we have good news and we have bad news. The good <laughs> news is. We are going to do a full episode of Ask Meanie. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The bad news is, I don't think Joel Gertner is going to be there for episode 69. But, uh, but, but we'll have Al Snow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Maybe I mean, we should he, just he's here. save him. We'll save him for next yeah. time. Why don't we do that? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good, you know, sorry, Al. Yeah, but, you know. I'm sorry, because we're running out of time, Al. We need to plug some stuff. 
Um, but he he gets yeah, it. Well, he gets it. Yeah, he's a businessman. Collar yeah. and elbow. Yeah. Promo code meanie. Yeah, absolutely. Great T-shirts over there. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to get some. Hey, you know where else uh, they have great T-shirts? Where's that? ProWrestlingTees.com slash MindOfTheMeanie. Some tremendous shirts over there. Uh, dare I say, Slickter Originals. And uh, they, yes. they're they're just great. We have so much great stuff. Uh, and a lot was sold during the uh, the 4th of July sale. Uh, but the good news is, Pro Wrestling Tees is uh, print on demand. So we can't sell out. Uh, so <laughs> the shirts are all still there for you. Um, so definitely go check that out. ProWrestlingTees.com slash mine and the meanie. If you want to support the blue meanie uh, individually, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash blue meanie uh, for all your BWO and blue meanie uh, merchandise there. Some great things. The the newest, uh, if I'm correct, is the Meester uh, <laughs> shirt. The, the me. Yeah, the uh, Meester shirt, which was inspired by Meanie Easter. Uh, yeah. I was pronounced dead, but I'm back, motherfucker. So get to yourself. Uh, <laughs> every time I sell one, I crack up. Uh, <laughs> so go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie and uh, get yourself a Meester shirt. Get yourself a BWO shirt. Yeah, we talked about giving somebody their, their flowers you know, before they're gone. This is a great opportunity uh, to give Meanie his flowers after he's gone, uh, but has returned. So definitely go and check that out. Uh, and then if you feel inclined, uh, don't be shy. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash so says Chernoff. I got some fun shirts over there. Um, but yeah, we also have, uh, there's Cameo. Cameo.com slash BlueMeanieBWO. Cameo.com slash so says Chernoff. Check us out on there. Uh, go to MindOfTheMeanie.com. That is your one-stop shop for everything. You're going to have links for our action figures, um, the two-pack there. You'll have links to the Brothers Gatter event on August 7th. It's right there under events on mindofthemeanie.com. So go there. That's all the information that you need because you're not going to remember it if I, if I say it now. I'm not, I don't even remember it enough to say it. So make sure that you go and check out mindofthemeanie.com. We have links to everything. We have links to the Pro Wrestling Tees page. We have links to the figures. We have links to the buddies. Uh, you can even listen to the podcast there. So that's kind of fun. Imagine that. Yeah, so it's it's very cool. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, I'm also, if I can give a, a quick little plug, I've got uh, So Says Chernoff, a, a podcast of my own. Now, it's not the same kind of thing as the Mind of the Meanie podcast. Uh, for instance, Meanie's not there, but, uh, it, it's, <laughs> but it is, uh, it is pretty cool. We've got a bunch of all summer long. I'm doing just interview archives. So every week is a new, uh, old interview that I conducted. Some of them as recent as last month, like my one with double J Jeff Jarrett. Um, that is, I think the most recent as you're hearing this. Uh, and then I, I've got all these old ones that I had done before from, previous fight and focus shows and uh i even put up for as we're recording this on july 7th is the 25 year anniversary of the nwo uh and i even put up a super i think it's like a minute and 40 seconds long but it's a clip of hulk hogan answering the question of did he mean to say new world order and new world organization 
uh, in that first promo at Bash of the Beach. I asked him that in an interview back when I was doing the After Chat podcast. And uh, so I put that little, little clip up there. So uh, go subscribe nice. if you'd be so kind. But while you're in a subscribing mood, go to YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Subscribe to that. There's definitely going to be, we're gonna either going to go live or we're going to have some sort of uh, vlog up there having to do with our trip. Um, to Port Henry, New York on August 7th. So subscribe now. Hit that little bell so you'll be notified as soon as there's something there. Uh, and of course, another great way to watch the podcast or listen to the podcast and see some video clips. It's a lot of fun over there. Uh, Meanie, what did I miss? Anything? Uh, no, you, you did great, man. And Thanks. like I said, uh, also, uh, just a, a quick little reminder, Saturday, July 24th, 2021 legends of hamburg arena at the uh, legend well legends of hamburg field house at the legendary hamburg field house go to legendsofhamburg.com. definitely go to that go meet the meanie meanie has just been sitting there lonely on the other side of the camera waiting to meet you pod squad <laughs> so if you were anywhere in the vicinity go meet the blue meanie um he will be excited, and then I'll be excited when he tells me about how many people he met. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it for episode 68 here. Uh, apologies to Al Snow, but we will get you next week. I think that's the best thing to do, um, especially, I mean, it's what, the right thing. episode it's 69, right thing we just heard about <laughs> you performing, you know, with head, and I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To get deep into that and see what, what happened there. Uh, but yeah, so um, I guess we'll see you next week uh, for another trip into the mind of the moon. The world of MLW Radio never stops.